this week on the Spice Cast. I was the class clown. Uh, I was acting a fool. I'm dyslexic. I had to read the cereal box upside down. You need your own comedy show. Don't you touch that. Don't you ask me for that. Don't you even breathe in the direction. Don't think it because I'm going to feel like it. I'm going to slap you right up. And I want to help everybody else figure out what their superpower is. Comedian, vision consultant, and musician, Kevin Johnson Jr. All right, listeners, you're listening to the Spice Cast. I'm your host tonight, Daniel Bullard, and with us in the studio, we've got Kevin Johnson Jr., comedian, musician, and vision consultant, originally from North Carolina, but now a resident of the Valley. Thank you for joining us tonight, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so uh, I, I met you about a week ago at a an event over at Lee High School that was kind of a, a recital for up-and-coming, what would you say, like worship leaders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh and you were really funny. You were talking a lot on stage afterward, but you're kind of a jack of all trades. You do comedy, you're a musician. Again, you're a vision consultant. Uh, but a lot of what you do is, is comedy. Like your, your Facebook live videos are hilarious, especially for people who, who have been to like, like black churches and, and like know, know what that's about. Uh, what, what originally kind of brought you into doing comedy? Were you one of those kids that was always like, acting out for you know company at the house or is is that something that came to you later on i was the class clown okay i tried to embarrass my parents as much as possible like we we grew up with roaches so i used to tell people don't sit in certain places because a roach might jump on them like (laughs) like i would always i would try to just embarrass my i was just i was the clown yeah i was the the life of the party all the time i'm the i was the class clown so i never like if it was something that i didn't enjoy I'm probably going to pick on people the entire time I'm in class. So I was like the little bully who couldn't defend himself, but I was still the bully because you couldn't really hit me because I was so small. Yeah. But what I said like hurt your feelings, so you'd be like, I don't even want to mess with this dude. <laughs> so like I was just, I was, I was a clown. Yeah, so, so you weren't hurting their bodies, you were hurting their souls. Yeah, just hurting their yeah. souls. Like a little, little, little ego, just hurting a little ego here and there. But yeah, that that's me. That's what really got me into comedy. So, um, so did that instinct kind of come from from being a small kid growing up? Yeah, and my dad, you know, I would, I'm the baby. So growing up, my dad would lay me on his chest and literally watch Def Comedy Jam. And that's like watching that all the time. I would start reenacting and, and just kind of repeating those jokes that I heard on Def Comedy Jam. And that's kind of what got me started. It was really my dad. Yeah. It's his fault. I blame him for everything. It's literally <laughs> his fault why I am this goofy today. So, yeah. Is that is that kind of where you got your comedic rhythm from was watching Def Comedy? Or is that something you kind of developed later on as you did comedy more and more? Yeah. Watching watching Def Comedy, uh, getting picked on by uncles. Yeah. And, and, you know, beat up by uncles and brothers. Yep. That's pretty. That's where the, the rhythm for it came from, and then my dad just constantly putting that deaf comedy jam into me all the time. So yeah, that's where it really originated from. So so what was the first time you actually performed on stage as a comedian? Uh December the twenty second, two thousand fourteen. Okay, was my very first time officially performing. How did that opportunity come about? Uh, I was acting a fool. <laughs> <laughs> a sister of mine, a uh, real, real good friend of mine, She was. we were doing some work in South Carolina, um, and I was singing background for her at that particular time. And that night while we were practicing for the event, um, I was just being a goofball, and she was like, you need your own comedy show. And I said, well, whenever you have your concert, I'm going to do comedy on it. And she said, okay. I thought she was joking, but about two weeks after that, she called me up, and she was like, hey, um, you ready? It's like, ready for what? We got another show? She was like, no, you have a show. I want to put you on my concert to do comedy. And I was like, oh, 
Really? This is real? Wow. So I went back trying to watch Def Comedy Jam and repeat jokes and couldn't. So it was like, it was like oh, geez, this is really happening. So that's yeah, that's how that came about. How did you come up with uh, material for that first show? Because that's like two weeks is, is a pretty quick turnaround time from never having done comedy, comedy before to being featured on somebody's show. True. Very, very true. Um, I think the entire time I really honed in on talking about family. I talked about family and I really that's where my 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 like that's where my pocket was. If I could just talk about my family and and really like over exaggerated and add some little theatrics to it. Perfect. And that's exactly what happened. I talked about my grandma, how she is. My grandmother is the she's the, she still gets up like old black grandmoms get up early in the morning and pray. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God is not even awake right now. So who are you <laughs> talking to? But it's like five o'clock in the morning and they're up praying. And so my grandma, she still does that to this day. Um, she gets up, she go pray for her dogs. Like, oh, wow. I'm like, lady, I, I don't understand what's going on. But I talked about how the dog ended up speaking in tongues after she prayed for the dog. And yeah, that, that was hilarious. But uh, yeah, that's how we got into that. All right. So would you say you get most of your jokes just from your observations of your family? Yes. Okay. And in public. Yeah. I think those are like God opportunities. When somebody trips up an escalator... I'm like, God, that was for me. Thanks so much. <laughs> like that was like just for me. Like I think a, a lot of stuff happens like around me, and I'm always asking. And and when my friends are around me, they're like, um, why why do you keep saying it? Because I always ask, why does this keep happening to me? Every all the funny stuff happens in front of me, and so I end up turning it into a joke. Yeah. So, and uh, so so the other night after after the event, uh, I heard you talking about wanting to be a bridge between what people consider funny in church and what people consider funny out in the rest of the world. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Like kind of what you meant by that and, and how, how, what do you define as being church funny versus what everybody else finds funny? Cause that's such a wide spectrum of, true, of true, humor. True, true. Church, church funny to me, church funny. Um, I mean, being able to reenact what you see in church. Uh, most, most comedians can't. Uh, I, I won't say it like I've always been in the game because um, I'm officially in the game three years. But most comedians are able to reenact what they see in church. And being that it's reenactment, there's a word called churchy. So most things that they do, it's not necessarily funny. It's just churchy. So it's relatable. So people laugh at it because we've seen it in church before. Right. Um, and then that bridge between church comedy and just um, I, and I'm I'm hoping I'm quoting it right, but church comedy and just comedy itself, um, or just funny, uh, being able to tell a story. I think most comedians they miss that, or most most comedians that grow up in church they miss that 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 ability to be able to tell a story, and that's why they start re- like some people do funny videos. Funny videos is like a thing now. Yeah, and most people get on stage. Um, I say this all the time. Most people get on stage and they think that you can reenact the video on stage, and it's not possible. It's not possible. Um, it's like literally you have to tell a story. And in order to reenact that video, you have to break that down and tell a story. And so that bridge in between being church funny and, and just a clean a clean comedian is me learning how to tell a story so that people can refer themselves back to me. I want to be that person that says, okay, I definitely grew up in church, but I'm able to perform in other venues outside of this without um, being judged by the church spectrum about doing comedy in clubs because that's the thing too you know a lot of people are you performing clubs and you know you're not supposed to be in club who says mm-hmm. says who yeah like so i want to be that bridge that bridge definitely help other comedians that grow up in church to not just be churchy 
But learn how to be, if you want to be a comedian, learn how to be funny. Yeah. That's kind of hard to do. It's hard, it's hard to be funny. It's mm-hmm. not hard to reenact something, but it's hard to be funny when you're on the stage as a stand-up comedian. And you almost have to be a writer, too. Like, some of yeah. the great comedians of the past, like George Carlin and Richard Pryor, like, were really great writers, really funny writers, and they wrote a lot of their material out beforehand, especially George Carlin. Uh, do you do the same thing? Do you write your jokes out, or do you kind of, do you kind of just keep them all up in your head first? Absolutely. Let me tell you what helps write jokes. Percocet. Molly Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I mean, for uh, some of them, that might be true. But yeah, th- you know what? I don't get that vibe from you, but... No, I really... I really I'm not a pill popper. <laughs> and I'm, I'm live, too, so I'm so sorry. I'm not a pill popper. <laughs> um, but what really helps me um, write jokes... Well, yeah, I write jokes, but what really helps me write jokes is, like, just going back to those experiences, stuff that I've seen. And then even sometimes I review my material... I look over my material and I look at some stuff that I probably miss and I'm like, okay, what hit? What did not hit? What yeah. can I do? And I've, I performed probably some of the same jokes 30 times, 30 wow. times, and I've changed them up over time. So, yeah. So, uh, you do a lot of videos on Facebook and I think you've got one that we're going to kind of uh, let the listeners online or wherever they are listen to it as, as kind of a segue in between segments here. Do you want to go ahead and introduce that to us? Uh, yeah. So this particular video, I am talking about how parents, um, actually some people, I was on a comedy show and some people walked in late because, you know, black people, we always late. I don't know why our our clock just, it just registers probably 30. We got to put a 30 on everything. Mm-hmm. If you ever go to something black, it's going to be 730. It's never going to start at seven o'clock. It's got to start at 730. So you told me to be here at, at, at you know, we said six o'clock. So yeah. if my black instincts would have kicked in, I would say, hey, can I meet you at 630? Black people got that little 30. <laughs> so these people were walking in late uh, to my show and um, I was talking about how parents nowadays, kids are just, you know, parents didn't have to back then. Parents didn't have to do that much talking to us. You know, they didn't yeah. have to do all of that. Parents would tell us, you know, what what they wanted. And, and that was it. So, yeah, they gave us a rules and regulation. When you get in this store, don't you ask for nothing. Don't you look at nothing. Don't you touch nothing. You better not say nothing. Don't you breathe in the direction. Like, that's how my mom was. And she'll punch you in your chest before you walk in the store. So. That's All what right. it is. Let's give it a listen. The only reason why I'm doing this whole comedy set right now is because the uh, trio back here walked in late. They walked in late. <laughs> I saw you when you walked in and you thought you were vibing to the music. Now you walked in late. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't what they want. This ain't what they want. <laughs> We don't negotiate with children. They, we didn't negotiate when we went in the store. Yeah. What your mama say to you? When we get in here, don't you look at nothing? <laughs> don't you say nothing? <laughs> don't you touch nothing? <laughs> don't you ask me for nothing? <laughs> don't you even breathe in the direction? <laughs> don't think it because I'm going to feel like it. I'm going to slap you right up <laughs> All right, we're back with Kevin Johnson Jr. right here in Spice Rack Studios. And uh, Kevin, you've got a tour coming up this year. Actually, is this your first tour that you've done? Uh, this is my very first tour. Okay, and it's it's kind of all over the place from January all the way through July of 2018. Uh, I think you're starting, Where where's your first uh, gig at? The first gig. <sighs> <laughs> and the crowd's going wow. <sighs> the first gig is in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. 
Okay. Actually, it's back home, Raleigh, North Carolina. That morning, I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina, the 31st uh, of this month. And then uh, <laughs> that after, like, as soon as I'm finished with the performance in Raleigh, I'm right over, like, on the hopping on the plane to go to Jacksonville. Florida. Okay, right on. And if anybody wants to find out where you're going to be, that'll be up in your Facebook. All on my Facebook, cool. all on my Instagram, and all that. Don't go to Twitter because that's where my nudes are. I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to be deterred by Usually those. Those are on Instagram. I, you're flipping I, the script on that one. You know, I got church people on Instagram, but you know, the sinners are on, my heathens are on Twitter. So I just, <laughs> right. you know. Okay, and uh, where, where are you most excited to go? I am most excited to go to California. Never been. Oh, uh, man. March, good luck. I'll be in California. That's never that's been. a wonderful place, and it's such like I, I've never been to a state that's like so diverse, both in the people and like the environments that you're going to encounter. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be in Rochester in, in in January as well, and I'm excited to go back there because it's cold now. And when I was in Rochester the last time, it was snowing. Oh wow! And so like I turned on Christmas music, and I was like, "This is White Christmas." And my <laughs> friends was like, um, "It's January. Don't ruin it for me. It's White Christmas <laughs> right now." But yeah. And you and uh, a little bit before we started recording earlier, you talked about how this tour has kind of booked itself. Like, yeah. how's how's that come together for you? Um, work hard, work like I am literally busting my butt, and not, I'm not I'm not a I'm breaking out into a, a part of that bridge. I'm breaking out into not being uh, a video internet comedian more than I am just a regular comedian. So I'm I'm putting out material, but also when I'm doing Facebook lives, I'm just talking about real life experiences. And sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm probably laying up under the sheets just talking about randomness. And 200 and 300 people are sitting there watching me talk about absolutely nothing. Oh, wow. And so followers come. Yeah. And then that's how they come with, well, how do we book you? So, yeah, it's really booking itself that way. Just working hard, hard work. Yeah, that's an amazing thing. And speaking of hard work, uh, we talked a little bit last week about how you came to Huntsville originally with like $120 in your pocket and determination to just like make it work. And you talked a little bit about how you became a, a vision consultant and, mm-hmm. and how you planned out your own life to a T and you've been following that plan since then and how it's worked out for you and you started doing that for other people. So explain a little bit about what it is that you do as a vision con- vision consultant and, and how you got into it in the first place. As a vision consultant, um, very, very simple. I, I literally got tired of the the hustle bustle one and two. I didn't want to just be an internet comedian. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally a now everybody's doing it, right? And I don't want to be somewhere where everybody's doing it. Like I don't want to be. Com- I, it's it's really competitive, and I'm a competitive person, but I'm not. Um, I'll never fight anybody over a slot. So becoming a vision consultant, um, it just came from me wanting to see more from myself, my spiritual father. Um you know, who's my godfather, but I call him my spiritual father because he's literally like a guide for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's the one that, like, put it in me, hey, son, budgets. You got to have budgets. You got to have this. You got to have that. You got to have a plan. And my sister, my oldest sister, would always tell me when I was a kid not and, and a teenager, never listen, but she'd always tell me, you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. And so it wasn't until this year um, when I finally made a decision. I didn't want to be like everybody else. didn't want to be doing what everybody else is doing. I started planning my life. I started seeing more. Um, and I started watching videos like TED Talks. Yeah. And those, like, I started watching the Clear Eyes people and just listening to them just talk like this all day long about how you can change your life if you just do this. And I started listening to them, and I was like, dude, they're saying good stuff. Doesn't matter what tone of voice, they're saying yeah. good stuff. And so it caused me to want to hone in on changing my life around. And then I, once I got that insight on who I was and what I could do, like who I could be, 
Like I can, I could definitely be Clark Kent, but when I figure out what Superman can do, I, I'm, I'm there, and I want to help everybody else figure out what their superpower is. That's awesome. So, so when you're sitting down with a client for the first time and helping them make that life plan, what's your process for that? I first say you're going to hell. Yeah, you're going all the way to hell. <laughs> that's, a good, going, that's a good. That's a good opener. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. No, I, the first thing I tell them, um, you know, write your name. Because there's literally an identity crisis. There's a lot of people trying to do, I, I can't be you. Right. And, and you can't be me. And so it's, it's only until I understand what this means, what my name means. I only understand it when I write it down. Everything is understood when you write it down. And so that's the first thing I tell them to do. Write it down. And I say, write down something that you do. All the things that you do. And then, you know, they, they might write down, you know, little kitty titles for it. And that's okay to write it in thought form. And then I simplify it for them. Well, this is what you do. This is what you. This is who you are, and I said, look at it and see what it can become. Don't just see what you can do with it, but see what it can become. Yeah. How can it work for you long term? And from there, I mean, insight begins, and their mind starts to open up, and it's it's more than like, oh, I didn't think about it that way, and that's that's what I want to get to. That part, that part of you that says, I didn't think about it that way. So it's as much about changing their perspective as yes. it is coming up with a finite plan. Yes. More okay. than, it's, it's more than, and you know what that crazy thing is? That just came to me last week Oh wow. this week. Like the reason why I do this. Yeah. I was thinking it was helping, you know, I know it's helping people, but I was thinking it was helping people develop a plan. Absolutely not. It's literally building people. Yeah. That's literally what I do. Comedy builds people. Um, several, I've, I've gotten several reviews this week or, or several like testimonials about how just saying something dumb helps somebody and that built them, that built their per And that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to build people. So it's about building that person first. And then when I build you, once I, once I get you to figure out that you're Superman or you're Superwoman or you're, you're the flash or whatever, or, you know, once I get you to figure that out, oh, you can do whatever you want to do after that. We can yeah. construct a plan, but first we have to work on you. Right. So it's a confidence-building exercise as well. Yeah. Getting into that point. So, Absolutely. Uh, speaking of identity, faith is something that's very important to you that seems to be a cornerstone of your life that's that's helped you get through, I'm sure, some very trying times. Yeah. Uh, what What is it that your faith means to you? Like, what is that, like, the center of your identity? Yes. Yes. Uh, definitely. I, I can't do nothing. I, I can't do nothing. That sounds so weird. I can literally do nothing without Christ. Can't. Hard to it's and that's literally my confession every morning. That's my confession to him every morning. Every time I get ready to do something, I, I'll pray and I'll say, "Okay, God, I can't do this without you. Mm -hmm. Can't can't do it." Because um, I realize, like, it's it's literally none of this is of my own. Any of the information I know, I didn't. I I was slow in school. I graduated high school with a one point four GPA, so I already know that's not for me. Like, yeah. I'm dyslexic. I had to read the cereal box upside down. <laughs> so, like, that's just not me. But yeah, I, that's that means a lot to me. And my mom waking me up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, binding devils and killing demons. I'm like, lady, listen, whatever y'all got going on, please hurry up and handle it because I'm in here trying to sleep. <laughs> like it just three o'clock in the morning. My mom just she just knew when I just when the slobber would roll out of my mouth because she'd be like, okay, he just slobber. Let me get up and just scream and yell at demons. So that <laughs> that bringing me up in that and and me coming up in that that's what rooted and grounded me. And my grandma, my grandfather, um. God rest his, his soul, but my grandfather, I would travel everywhere with him, and he instilled everything in me. And he's the one that taught me that it's not about money. If you're if you're not enjoying it, you you definitely you you won't benefit from it. Yeah. If it's not something you enjoy, so yeah. And you probably won't be very good at it either. Absolutely not. Yeah.
So, uh, along with being a comedian and a vision consultant, you're also a musician. Mm -hmm. What all do you play? Everything. Everything. That's a good um, answer. I play a, one, a good one string on the bass. Mm -hmm. You probably won't get all of them, but I can play that one, the one thick string on the end. I got you. Now, you got to sing simple songs. You can't right. sing, you know, stuff out of the box. I'm going to look at you the whole time. So you're not trying to be Thundercat or anybody? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, you know, lead guitar and acoustic guitar. That's like my next venture um, when I finally sit down and settle down and get focused on it. That'll be the day that I walk around my house with my slippers, my first slippers in my three-story mansion. Why three stories? I don't know. I just want to have it so I can say it. Um, but yeah, that, that, I play everything. I started out playing the drums. Um, my knees are literally like abnormal because I used to beat my knees on the floor and I would take my mom's pots and pans and the pencils that she brought us from school, use them as drumsticks and play the drums. Oh, wow. And that's, that's what it was for me. And then I started playing the, the keyboard. And I'm probably like the only musician in my family that kept going. The only one. So, so how do you uh, express yourself musically now? Like, where where are you playing? Are you doing stuff at home? You said you you'd written a lot too. Yeah, I, I write um, mostly for other people, but they don't get it. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, I got a song for you, and then I forget because my mind goes left and right. So I'd be like, nah, I don't forgot now. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, that writing music. And I literally do it now. I write music. Um, that and playing the organ at church. Directing the choir. Yeah. Um, I grew up in that. My mom was choir director. Okay. So you know, so, so you direct as well? Directing oh, the choir. Oh, right on. All of that. That is that is such a... I mean, I, I, you know, played trumpet and other instruments most of my life, but I never conducted until I got to college, and it gives you such a different perspective on music. Like, once you're the one kind of pulling that energy out of people mm -hmm. and and it's just that's a whole other way of expressing yourself that's really cool right um so is there that we have one more bit that we're gonna show listen let the listeners listen to uh is this a video or is this something that you that you recorded just audio i think it's it's another video okay it's so uh, another video so as, as a way to kind of uh, wrap everything up and take us out tonight uh kind of explain this bit as best you can without absolutely ruining it um <laughs> <laughs> i know that's a hard to ask but uh it's it's yeah i i don't know how to do it you just would have to listen to it I, like when i go through things i don't like to hear scriptures mm -hmm. i hate it don't quote scriptures at me when i'm going through something like i hate it it's it's the most annoying thing in the world and i hate when my grandma does it so in the in that particular bit i'm i'm talking about um you know some stuff and i twist some scripture up it's just something you have to listen to okay yeah. right on and uh once again, if anybody wants to find out where you're going to be next year, check out your Facebook, Kevin Johnson Jr. Uh, Instagram, is it at Kevin Johnson Jr.? Uh, or? Instagram, I am Will.Johnson. Will.Johnson. And uh, Twitter, for if, if people want to see your nudes. <laughs> um, inbox me on Facebook for the, for the Twitter, so then you can see the nudes. Gotcha. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Y'all, when I go through stuff, I cannot quote scripture. I get upset. <laughs> It don't be like I don't be wanting to hear from God, but God be trying to tell me, see, see what I told you? Never mind. Uh -oh. Don't you worry about it. Leave the man doing for a night, Lord. I know, I know. At 12 a.m., joy comes. So I take this girl named Joy to see if she would come to the house. Everybody gone. <laughs>
little thing. I've been waiting all you did it, you. This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spiceradiohuntsville or on Twitter at spiceradiohsb. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.